many questions to consider with the Philadelphia Eagles this week as they get ready for another playoff atmosphere football game on Sunday. Hello everyone and welcome to the Eagles Live Podcast. I'm insider Dave Spadaro and I've been embedded with the team for a week in California after the Sunday night loss in Seattle. What's next for the Eagles after the stumble in Seattle? How will the change of scenery impact the team as they prepare for the Rams? A nine-game winning streak ended on Sunday and with the playoff race heated up. Can the Eagles get back on the winning track in what's going to be a heavily influenced Eagles environment at the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum? To do so, they've got to beat a Rams team that is 9-3, that is tied with the Eagles for the most points scored in the NFL, and that has a defense led by a potent front four and an aggressive back end. It's a big-time challenge, so let's get to it. Here with the Eagles in California, they've practiced all week at Angel Stadium of Anaheim. They've lived in a hotel 20 minutes away, and they've tried otherwise to keep the routine the same on a day-to-day basis. Offensive tackle Lane Johnson sums up how the locker room has been this week after the loss and with the unique setup in California. I know how I'm going to respond. We're ready. We're hungry. Last four games of the season, we know what time it is. We're trying to get to the playoffs. Everybody's hungry. So, you know, not to say a loss is good, but as far as a motivator, usually you can learn a lot of things from losses. So uh, that's how our team feels. How will we know it worked? A win on Sunday will cure every concern. Here's our weekly one-on-one with head coach Doug Peterson as he prepares for the Rams. Doug, what's it been like being in California for the week and the way the players have responded? It's been good. It's been good to have everybody in one place. Uh, sort of eliminates distractions being back home in Philly. And it's tough because we are away from our families you know, during the week. But it's also good that they can focus uh, solely on the Rams and their jobs and rebound from a lost uh, couple days ago. What happened in Seattle as we've kind of stewed in it for a couple of days here? You know, you can point your finger in a lot of different areas. But at the end of the day, we didn't make enough plays. Uh, we left too many plays out on the football field in all three phases. And you can't go on the road and turn the ball over, uh, have the penalties that we did, and then not execute uh, you know, offensively, defensively, and special teams and expect to win the game on the road in a playoff-type atmosphere. So that's really the bottom line, and we just didn't get it done. How do you want your team to respond against the Rams? Just come out aggressive, come out eager, ready to play, uh, you know, short-term memory, forget the loss a week ago, and you know, play with passion, play with that same pride that we've seen all season long. We've got to remember, we're still 10-2, and two. You know, now we're the number two seed, but everything's right in front of us, and we're just excited to be playing again against another fine football team. How have the Rams gone to a playoff caliber team? Number one, they got great players. And then number two, they have a really good coaching staff. A young quarterback that's being coached and being taught the right way. And you're seeing it. You know, Gurley's a tremendous back and very explosive, obviously. And you got some weapons on offense. Tavon Austin is a guy that they can line up all over the field. Uh, in the backfield, as a receiver, around any kind of thing they can figure out. And then defensively, they got a really good front. Again, group of guys that can get after the passer. And our work's cut out for us. So uh, special teams, we get another set of challenges again in this returner. So it's a great test for our team at this time. Coach, thanks so much. Thank you. One of the many themes of this game is the matchup at quarterback. The first and second overall picks from the 2016 draft play against each other, and it's going to be pretty cool to see. From the Eagles' standpoint, Carson Wentz, the number two pick, is excited to see his buddy, the number one pick, Jared Goff, with whom he shared some memorable pre-draft experiences. You know, he could throw the ball well. You know, he had a lot of arm talent, um, and he was a great dude. You know, I thought we got along great. We're good friends now, so I think we're both pretty excited to finally face off. You know, we've we've had a lot of crossover film um, this year, so I've seen a handful of his games. I'm on tape, and you know, he's having a great year, and um, we've texted back and forth a little bit, so it'll be fun for us. The competition was good, without a doubt. I think we both um, kind of loved the competition and everything, and it made us both better. So um, I thought it prepared us both well for the draft. 
Goff has been outstanding in his second season, leading the Rams into first place in the NFC West. Defensive coordinator Jim Schwartz says Goff reminds him of a familiar foe from the NFC East. You know, he's still young. They're using him a lot the same way that Washington uses Kirk Cousins. A lot of the same kind of plays, a lot of deep balls down the field. He's got confidence in throwing the deep ball. He's got some scramble ability, nothing like we faced last week. But he's moved around a little bit, run some boots and some play action stuff. Um, is that a good command to the offense? They don't take a lot of negative plays. You know, I think they've had two games. They've been held down in scoring. Everything else, they've lit up the scoreboard. We all have an idea of what Wentz is all about, right? He's not going to get caught up in the number one versus number two hoopla. The Eagles have bigger concerns after a struggling offensive performance and only 10 points scored in Seattle. Offensive coordinator Frank Reich knows his prized young quarterback has his focus in the right place. It's not about one versus two, despite the obvious storyline. You know, I suppose that could be uh, something to think about because of how much hype will be around that. But I think at the end of the day, it's like going up against other challenges. He has so much to focus on as far as running the offense um, and focusing on beating a very good Ram defense. So ultimately, he's not going up against Jared. I think there's a healthy respect. I think it's great. I think it's great for the game. I mean, you got two good young quarterbacks uh, going against each other. I think they'll both be pretty focused on executing the offense. Let's dig into the X's and O's a bit here. The Rams offense features running back Todd Gurley, who has a combined 1,502 yards and 11 touchdowns scored this season. Let's get some thoughts on Gurley, first from Schwartz. You know, he's a big back, but he picks and chooses his holes. He can run downhill, but he also has some Le'Veon Bell in him when it comes to picking his way through. Second leading rusher in the NFL, but he's been very productive in the passing game. And I think that's something that went unnoticed from me until he really started diving into the film. He's averaging double digits and average per reception for a running back. That's pretty impressive. So it's not just a run game, it's a pass game also. I'm defensive end Brandon Graham of the Philadelphia Eagles, and you're listening to the Eagles Live podcast with Dave Spadero. He is the hit the second back at the 48. This time it is Brandon Graham. Defensive tackle Bo Allen chimes in on Gurley, and the compliments couldn't be more scary. Gurley is likely the best back the Eagles have faced this season. I think he's really a complete back, you know. He's really powerful, he's got great balance, and he's not afraid to stick his nose in there, but he's also, you know, really agile, and we have a ton of respect for our opponents, and he's definitely a guy that uh, that you need to, you know, know where he is, know how he uh, how he plays the game, because he's really good, and he can also run uh, on screens, and in the passing game, he's super effective, too, so he's definitely a great challenge for us. Would you call him a premier running back? Yeah, I mean, I'm never one to try and discredit other guys in the NFL, you know. it's You don't really want to gas up your opponents a ton, but he's a really good running back. That's what you want, man. You want to go against uh, against the best. So he's definitely a really good running back. How's this locker room responded after Sunday? You know, I think we've responded really well. It's been an interesting um, week for us to practice. Obviously, we're doing something a little different, but I think we've all really embraced the, you know, the new venue, and it's pretty sweet, man. But uh, I think we've all kind of, you know, realized that we're going to have to work real hard this week, and I think we're all embracing that. More from Schwartz on the Rams' offense and what he's seen from Los Angeles and Goff and the rest of his supporting cast. Leading the um, NFL in scoring, we'll probably start with that. A little bit more than three times uh, the number of touchdowns as interceptions. So he's done a good job of that, and he's led them to a good record. I think that's plenty for a young quarterback. Does a good job of moving the ball around different guys. You know, they do have a marquee rusher who's right up there in the NFL in terms of rushing yards. But, you know, he gets the ball to a lot of different guys in that passing game. And uh, he goes where his reads tell him to go. He doesn't just lock in on one guy. I think that's pretty impressive for a young quarterback. 
Linebacker Nigel Bradham has his eyes on the Rams and a scheme that is known to be innovative and that at times will try to hit unsuspecting defenses with some trickery. Here is Bradham on the Rams' offensive approach. Pretty much, they do some of everything, man. They got pretty much good personnel. Uh, you see their receivers. We see Jared Goff uh, making plays and throwing on the run. Uh, you see Ty Gurley, obviously, with his capability of what he can do uh, in the game, in the running game and in the passing game. So we pretty much got to be on cue for everything, man. They got good personnel. They got speed. They got good route runners and a good run game. So we got to be complete and play solid. Do they have a really expansive scheme? I mean, a lot of the attention's been turned to the coach and the scheme that he has and how creative it is. Do you see a lot of things that you don't see with other teams? Oh, for sure. Uh, you see guys faking like they're going in motion to one side of the field and turn around and come back uh, when they get halfway there. You see those type of plays. They pretty much call them circus type plays. You see the screens. You see all that type of stuff. So you see plays that are designed to attack the defense in a certain way. I mean, they've had success on that um, this season. So we pretty much got to be prepared to go out there and execute an our play call and be ready for those gadget plays. For the Eagles offense, which had scored 30 or more points in five consecutive games prior to the loss in Seattle, it's going to be a battle against the Rams and their veteran coordinator, Wade Phillips. Reich knows what to expect from an X's and O's standpoint. You know, I mean, he just has the right mix. You know, everybody knows in football terms, he's going to play an under front with Sam at D and play cover one. That's his deal. You know, I think in recent years, he's mixed the coverages a little bit more. Went up against Wade when he was in Denver there for a little bit and, and had that defense. It was cover one almost every snap. Um, I think he's mixing it up a little bit more, but still his primary DNA is that five-man rush, cover one, just saying, you got to beat us. And, you know, he has those guys playing well. A couple of offensive linemen chime in on the Rams' defensive front, which is led by star tackle Aaron Donald. Here is offensive guard Brandon Brooks. Brandon, what is so good about Aaron Donald? Uh, he's fast, quick, works his hands well, gets on edges. Is he different than other guys from the way he attacks an offensive lineman? He's quicker than a lot of you know, three techniques, You know, kind of like a uh, defensive end playing inside. I think he's like 280, 290, but gives guards uh, trouble as far as getting on their edges and their speed. What's their front like? In addition to Aaron, uh, you know, you got Robert Quinn, who you know not too long ago was 2013 or 14 had like 20 sacks in the league. Brockers, you know, was also a first-round pick, probably the biggest of their guys. You know, pushes the pocket. You know, you had Connor, who you know he played in Philly, and we know how he plays, and you know things like that. So uh, those guys work well, you know, together up front. Sounds like a great challenge. This offensive line against that defensive line, two really good units. Yeah, yeah. You know, speaking from the offensive line standpoint, you know, we're looking forward to the challenge and rising to it. So, thank you. And now Jason Kelsey, who has nothing but respect for the Rams at the line of scrimmage. Great front. I mean, obviously, everybody knows about Aaron Donald. Michael Brockers is a great player. You know, Quinn's been there for a long time. He's been a really, really good player for them. They have a good front. And, um, you know, Wade Phillips is obviously a, a great defensive coordinator in this league. He's been that way for a long time. So, you know, we got our hands full this week. you got to be ready for all the different things that are going to be presented. Do they give you a lot of different looks? Not necessarily a lot of different looks. They have some things that go off of each other very well. I wouldn't say that he's a guy that has, like, a vast array of different looks that he's going to give you. And he has his stuff that he likes. He wants guys to be really, really good at those things. And then he has a few things that go off of it that kind of keep teams honest a little bit. What did you see when you watched Sunday's game again and studied it and tried to figure out what went wrong? The same thing that it felt like during the game. You know, just mistakes that killed us. You know, penalties. Uh, obviously, you know, turnover in the red zone was big. Uh, I don't think that necessarily, you know, we could have played better for sure throughout the game. But, you know, I thought it was close. During the game, I thought it was a lot closer to being a close game. And certainly after watching the film, I feel like that was, a, you know, a game that, you know, if we uh, take care 
care of our business and you know don't make as many mistakes. We're for sure, at least in that game, a lot closer. How would you describe the way this team's responded from that first loss in a long time? I think it's you know the same way you respond. I mean, I don't know that you watch the film, find out what you did wrong, what you need to get better at, and you just come out here ready to improve, come out here ready to not make those same mistakes. I mean, that's what we're all doing every single week. Uh, it's just a little bit under a magnifying glass, a little bit more after a loss. So, you know, I think everybody's kind of refocused this week, ready to adjust and uh, address everything that went wrong last week. So those are some specifics about this game. There are other fun-to-follow side stories here, including the return to the Coliseum of wide receiver Nelson Aguilar, a star at USC. Aguilar was the Eagles' first-round draft pick in 2015, and after a couple of struggling seasons, he's playing some outstanding football. Here is Aguilar one-on-one talking about his return to Southern California. Nelson, I know you've talked about this before, the, the journey you've had here the last year. What's it mean to you to come back to USC playing your best football? Well, I'm just blessed to have an opportunity to be back here in the Coliseum on Sunday and to be in L.A. You know, I think there's a lot of football to be played. I'm happy that I've made strides, but I'm also hungry to make more strides and to help my team win football games. What was the environment like playing in that Coliseum for USC? It was a blessing because I was there with a lot of men that I know that I could count on, and uh, we had a lot of fun in the Coliseum. We felt like that was our territory and a place where we can lock the doors and have fun. Would you say it's a great football tradition there? Amazing football tradition and something that I'm blessed to be a part of. This offense, what's it need? to do to get back on track? Well, we just got to pay attention to details. We got to be on schedule, play fast, and then uh, trust each other. You know, trust our coaches, trust each other, trust our quarterback, and make plays. How do you think everybody's reacted after Sunday? I think we got a bunch of fighters on this team, and everybody's reacting well. We don't give up, we don't quit, and we don't blame anybody. We understand what happened, and we're all hungry to get back out there and play a great game and have fun. Defensive end Chris Long played eight seasons for the Rams when the franchise was in St. Louis. He's back with the Eagles against his former team, and I wondered what emotions that would bring. Chris, do you have any sense of nostalgia playing against the Rams? Uh, you know, I got a few buddies that are still there. Certainly, I'm happy for them because they, uh, they're a hell of a football team, and those guys deserve you know success. You know, at the same time, just lining up and playing football this weekend, that's all it's about. I certainly have friends over there, but uh, I've been through that last year, so... What is it about the Rams offense that makes them so good? 361 points scored. Well, obviously, Coach McVay has made a huge difference. He's brought a lot of his expertise, and the quarterback's playing a, a complete kind of game, and he's grown a lot since last year. Obviously, the coaching is great, and um, he's got a lot of different guys that are playing well for him, catching the football, and I think Todd is kind of where it starts for them. I got great respect for Todd as a player, and he's one of the best backs in the league. How would you describe the mentality that you've seen from this locker room after Sunday and making the trip and doing something so different this week? We are a pretty even-keeled group and, you know, like I said a bunch of times, we'll get too high, too low, and it doesn't matter where we are, we're just going to come to work. You know, it doesn't matter whether we're in a hotel or sleeping at home. We come out on the practice field, we got to get some good work done, and we're playing a good team. Let's not gloss over the new contract signed by wide receiver Alshon Jeffrey, which keeps him an Eagle through 2021. Needless to say, Jeffrey is excited to be an Eagle moving forward. Alshon, what does it mean to you to have the contract done, to have all the business stuff behind you? I mean, it feels great, but at the same time, I had a strong feeling that how we and my agent would get it done. I just go out there and play football, control what I control, and let those guys deal with the contract and stuff like that. But I mean, it's a blessing. But I would just say hats off to my team. I get those guys credit. Without those guys, none of that would be possible. It's not easy to go 
to a new locker room, a new city on a one-year deal, why has it worked so well for you? I mean, just knowing just the history of just watching the Eagles last year and just seeing what they had with Carson, the pieces, I mean, a few pieces here and there. I felt that we need it, and I mean, I feel that I was a key part of that. But also, I mean, LeGarrette, Jay, Chris, Tory, all those, and some other guys that came in the offseason. I think it's more about, like, having great locker room. Like, you got to have a great locker room no matter about the contracts. That stuff going to handle itself. You got to have a great locker room and everyone just keeping everybody accountable and just having fun. What's impressed you about Carson and the relationship that you've been able to have with him? I'll just say take football outside of it. He's a great guy. I mean, on and off the field. I mean, just like to have a good time in a good way. And uh, he likes to uh, just always make sure you're doing the right thing. Just stand on top of him. Just always have a positive attitude and have great energy. He have a great energy around him. You feel like the best is yet to come with you in this offense? Sky's the limit. Not only me, but for this team. I feel that last game, we let some things down. We're just going into this game, but we're just going to focus, regroup. We'll be all right. Join the inaugural Eagles Autism Challenge, a cycling run-walk event to fund autism research. It's a day for the entire region to become a team. Have fun and together advance autism research. For more info, visit eaglesautismchallenge.org. We wrap up the Eagles Live podcast with our Merrill Minute with the voice of the Eagles, Merrill Reese, and some perspective on the importance of this football game. The Eagles are in the Super Bowl! The Eagles are in It's Groundhog Day! They did it again! Got it on the end zone! I don't believe it! This game could be in a museum. Even though the Eagles are 10-2 and two and seemingly coasting as far as their record, as far as winning the NFC East is concerned, this is still a huge game on Sunday at the Coliseum against the Rams. Eagles are 10-2, and two, which should be great, except that the Minnesota Vikings are also 10-2. and two. And this team, the Los Angeles Rams, they are 9-3 and three right now. So that conference setup to get the Eagles the home field and the bye is still very much up in the air. The Eagles have to play this game with an air of desperation. They have to play it like their entire season depends on it. One thing you don't want is to lose two games in a row. Eagles have had a tremendous season so far. Hopefully the loss in Seattle is just a temporary glitch and they come back and perform the way they have been throughout much of the season Sunday afternoon. Thanks so much for joining in on the Eagles Live podcast. Your continued support is very much appreciated. Please pass the word and let's keep this podcast audience strong. Thanks to Brian Thomas and Richard Shue for their work on the podcast. We're back late on Sunday night after the Eagles-Rams game in Southern California. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro. Once again, thanks so much for joining. Have yourselves a great Eagles day and fly, Eagles fly. E-A-G-L-E-S!